Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. Fires. Swing and a miss. Strike three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's OB's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform. Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Four Downs Podcast, presented by Clovercrest Media. You want to listen to all genres of podcasts, then by all means, visit clovercrestmedia.com. As on our show, we have Big Jace and Sean Scanlon. And once again, I am Ovi Muniz. Joe could not be with us at this moment in time. We're hoping he comes here because I know he has a lot on his mind when it comes to a certain individual in the Pac-12. But in the in the Pac-12's defense, you know, I um, Darren's seeking for a new commissioner from the Pac-12. And if you guys missed it or not, uh, back early February, uh, it was an announced that Larry Scott was going to step down as the Pac-12 commissioner. Now, a lot of speculated that there's been some money issues, a lot of overspending on their management and operation. But as more details has come through, uh, it says here he was flawed in TV deals, officiating embarrassments, uh, scheduling mistakes, and, and quote-unquote, it does say basic error in management and operations. Now, give credit to Larry Scott for making the Pac-10 into a Pac-12 and made it competitive and actually uh, receiving TV deals for that conference, but it just didn't pay out all the way, you know, for, throughout his tenure. So, Sean, with all the all of it that's going on, uh, with this new management that's happening in the Pac-12, could it be a possibility that this conference could finally 
you know, be competitive with the rest of the power uh, power conferences? Yeah, I think it definitely will, because <laughs> um, I know a lot of people had displeasure with Larry Scott, and uh, I know that a lot of people are happy that he's gone. But obviously, we've seen that the Pac-12 has gotten some disrespect, um, especially in the college football playoff rankings. Um, a, a lot of people in the you know people that do the rankings don't take them as seriously, uh, even for the teams that are legit and have you know the undefeated records. So I think it will definitely help them. You know, uh, I think that now that he's out of there, I think that the TV deals will be better. Obviously, I think they'll get more exposure. And uh, hopefully, you know, they can schedule some good non-conference matchups with some of the bigger uh, conferences, including like the SEC and Big Ten and Big 12, uh, places like that. But uh, I think this is this could only be good for the Pac-12. Um, I think that, like I said, it gives them more exposure. And I, I think that uh, it was a good move because I, I think they need some new progressive thinking, uh, you know, to run that and, and be the commissioner of the Pac-12 because um, I, I think that, you know, obviously they, they want – or the NCAA wants all Power Five conferences, you know, to have you know great product on the field and uh, you know some some good leadership off the field. So I think it's definitely a good move for the Pac-12. You know, I think uh, since I've been covering college football uh, through the podcast for the last couple of years, I've always been seeing that the Pac-12 doesn't uh, receive that respect to be considered as one of the top six colleges. I know two years ago Oregon came so close, or actually mistakenly Utah came so close, mm -hmm. and they were in that window to be in the top four, but they went and lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 uh, championship. Uh, but more more on that. But as far as the, for a new commissioner, it did state that they have at least six legitimate contenders to assume duty as the commissioner. Uh, there's no word or no, no saying as to when they will make that announcement. Uh, but if they do, or when they do, we're hoping that they could make that push and be competitive just like the SEC and the ACC. Um, but speaking about them, we have – let's look at the head coaches here. Uh, Ten head co – uh, excuse me, 12 head coaches. I highlighted two of them. These two is Oregon State, Jonathan Smith, who's entering his fourth season, as well as UCLA's head coach, Chip Kelly. Those two – are on the hot seat because all three seasons that they have coached, they didn't live up the hype, as as people say. They've been on the sub under five hundred, uh, haven't gotten the ball rolling. And Sean, if you agree or disagree on this, I believe I'm knocking on the door. Ninety percent, I believe that Chip Kelly will not be the head coach if they don't have a winning season. Yeah, I agree. Um, they definitely need to do better than, you know, what they've been doing in the past. <clears throat> Excuse me, but, you know, Chip Kelly is an offensive-minded head coach. So, I, you know, he, I think it's really on the offense. You know, he, he has to get them rolling um, because they, they want to be competitive in the Pac-12. And, you know, Chip Kelly obviously has had some success uh, with, you know, previous teams, including Oregon. So I think that he definitely wants to bring that culture back to UCLA. But uh, I think time is definitely um, starting to run out a little bit. I think that he needs to get something done. And uh, they definitely need to have a productive season, you know, hopefully uh, with a full schedule, uh, away, getting away from the COVID year. I think that, you know, he's going to try and obviously go out and uh, contend for the Pac-12. So they definitely need a better season. And then for Oregon State, I mean, as long as I can remember, they haven't been a good football program. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they need to do. Um, but uh, Jonathan Smith, you know, it, it, and it, I'm sure it's tough recruiting in a state like that where Oregon definitely gets – you know, the bulk of the players, I'm sure that it, it's just more appealing than it is uh, than or 
or excuse me, Oregon's more appealing than Oregon State is, I think, right now. And I think it has to do with the history, especially what we've seen um, over the past, you know, couple of years. So I think that they, they need to get it rolling. But I, I think that UCLA has definitely got a better shot to do that. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely see. But I, I do agree that both these guys are on the hot seat right now. Yeah, uh, before the show, we were talking to Big Jace, who managed to, I guess, uh, internet connection failure there. But um, we were talking about USC and how they were able to, you know, so-called do so well and during this pandemic season. And my biggest argument is this, is that out of the six games, there were a lot of close calls, a lot of games, I think four, four out of six games that they were trailing in the fourth quarter that could have been easily beaten due to the fact that the opposite team, the head coaches, they're not playing it right to close out the games. So I'm asking you, is USC going to be legitimately contenders this upcoming uh, season? I do think that they are. Um, I think that bringing back the quarterback and Keaton Slovis, you know, obviously I, I get where your point with what you're saying, you know, they were trailing in those games, but you also have to give them credit for coming back in those games. Um, I think that obviously it was a little bit of a slow start for most of those games, but you know, Keaton Slovis and the offense got it done in the fourth quarter uh, when it matters most. And I think that they're going to bring a lot of talent back. Um, and, you know, they made it to the championship game last year and they were undefeated up to that point until, you know, getting beat by Oregon in a pretty bad performance. But I actually like their head coach and Clay Helen. I, I think that he's done a, a pretty good job in his tenure there. And um, obviously UC, USC is a, a great destination to go to for, you know, some of these college athletes. Uh, you know, it's a, obviously a great campus down in L.A. and just the culture and tradition that they have. So I think that USC is slowly starting to build up back to that, um, you know, program that they had. And I, I, I do see them as one of the favorites this year. I think that um, some of the other teams that might be up there is Arizona State with, you know, what Herm Edwards is doing. He's starting to get most of his recruits in. Um, and I, I think that Oregon, you know, their quarterback from last year, Tyler Show, is uh, ended up transferring. So I, I think there's definitely a spot to come in, um, you know, and, and lead the the Pac-12. So I think UC, U, excuse me, I think USC will get it done this year. Uh, I think that they have a lot of talent coming back. And like I said, I like the head coach. So I think that uh, they definitely will turn it around. And I think they're probably pissed off about what happened in the Pac-12 championship game. So I, I think uh, they will bounce back after that. I'm pissed off. I think more of it being pissed off overall as a conference for not representing uh, the bowl games uh, through the postseason, and what's also led for Scott to step down as the commissioner. But with that and all, uh, let me go back real quick. Uh, I'm looking forward for Arizona State, Herm Edwards, myself, to, to lead his team. I think they have a greater chance amongst the rest of these teams here. Washington is always competitive. I'm expecting Utah to bounce back uh, and represent like they did two years ago when they came so close to making it as one of the top top schools, like the top four. But because they had lost uh, their, their previous game, uh, they were pretty much taken out the equation. Uh, but also Arizona has a brand-new coach uh, from – formerly known from New England quarterback coach Jet Fish. It's interesting to see what he provides on the table for Arizona. Um, again, they, they, they do have some talent. Let's just see if he's able to drive that team to success. Um, but, hey, interesting schedule here, not conference. Again, those that, are, uh, uh, that don't have a data, uh, 
is not set in stone yet, as I call it. But there are sites that say that hey, there are not conferences for all games for every team. But what is intriguing right now is Stanford. Stanford is playing some three quality uh, colleges. Now, you know, you say Kansas State is not that all that or, or whatever it is. And, you know, they are a first half type of uh, school. But at the end of the season, they find their ways to choke themselves out. Vanderbilt. Then it became winless last year and previously as well. Could they bounce back with their new head coach? And of course, there's Notre Dame, which are they going to have new faces uh, on the playing field? Um, but also, we're going to see the rivalry of USC versus Notre Dame. That's got to be pretty awesome. But Colorado's trying to make some noise as well. They played Texas A&M in Minnesota. So out of these colleges. And I'm not including the conference games because, of course, they're going to play conference games. 12 full games. And, Jace, uh, welcome back. Mm-hmm. Who is your top two teams that's going to represent for the Pac-12 championship? Um, it's really, really tough I, I, uh, to do this. But I think out of the north, uh, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go Oregon, even though it's really, really hard for me to do that. Tyler Shaw, as uh, Sean mentioned earlier, moved on. Uh, he transferred out of there. Um, they still do have some solid weapons, but uh, the, the defense is going to be interesting because they have a lot of people moving from the defense to the draft, as well as also losing their coach to uh, the, the, the defensive coordinator to uh, Boise State, which is rough. But uh, – so I, I still like them to take it. I know Washington's going to be nipping at their heels, but uh, I like or, uh, Oregon to stand out there. But uh, I I know I like UC, USC, but I'm going to go Arizona State. I like Herm Edwards. I like what Antonio Pierce is doing with that defense. Uh, with that defense. And they have a lot of returning guys. Uh, I, I spoke highly of Jaden Daniels coming into last year for them. Uh, I think he'll even have he will have a breakout and possible Heisman contending year this year for Arizona State, and I I like that defense. But I do think Utah will be competitive with their transfers um, uh, from Charlie Brewer from Baylor and uh, JaQuindon Jackson from Texas battling it out for QB, and then they also have some solid uh, transfer running backs with TJ Pledger from Oklahoma and Chris Curry from LSU. So they should be interesting. I'm really interested to see how the South plays out. But right now, I think in the title game, it's going to be Oregon versus uh, Arizona State. All right. What you got, Sean? Uh, right now, I, I think, yeah, obviously it's tough to tell um, this far ahead of or before the season. But I, I think it's going to be a rematch from last year. Uh, I'm going to go with Oregon and USC. Um, I, I just think that USC will bring back a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think really highly of Keaton Slogus, their quarterback. Uh, I, I think that he's going to be a stud, and he might. Uh, I, I agree with uh, you know Jaden Daniels pick, but I think that Keaton Slovis might be up there uh, having a Heisman year too. So uh, I, I like USC a lot, and then Oregon. Um, it's you know I think that they might regress a little bit this year, but I, I just don't see anyone else in the Pac-12 North right now. Um, we were talking before the show, but Stanford. I, I think that David Shaw. I think that as a coach, he's he's a little outdated in in his offense. Um, and uh, Ever since his stars left, like Christian McCaffrey and Bryce Love, um, I, I think that it hasn't been the same. And obviously, they struggled the, the past two seasons, so I don't see them contending. Washington might be up there. Um, they're always pretty good. But I, I just think that Oregon uh, will lead the way in the Pac-12 North. So 
Uh, I would go with the rematch of last year, but I would say that I think that USC would end up winning uh, the rematch for this one. But uh, who, who would you have, Ovi? Well, I mean, I love I love defense, and I know a lot of people don't talk about defense as college football. It's tough, especially in the Pac-12. But then again, they're not the Big 12. But if it was up to me, I'm leaving more this time around with Washington Huskies in the north. I think they, they have a better defense than Oregon. Uh, and there's just a lot of transfers going on, and the transfers just keep going. So they want to be surprised if someone, some transfer lands in Washington and end up being the starter quarterback for Washington Huskies. But as of right now, I'm leaning to the Washington Huskies to be there. As far as the South, man, if Utah could be the same way they were a couple years ago with that with that awesome defense, I, I would have chose them. But I have to lean over with Arizona State. They provided a great offense and defense. They were limited to only four games. We couldn't see everything what Arizona State has to offer. Uh, so I'm, I'm leaning forward on this one that Arizona State versus Washington in the Pac-12. And I know I'm asking for much, but I'm hoping that Arizona State becomes the Pac-12 champion. I really do. Um, I wouldn't be but, mad. I'd, li- I'd like that. But of what I saw last year, and I will be hating, somehow, way, you will see might get another miracle and, and have their way there. So, again – there was there's four out of those six games that USC could have finished, and they could have been easily two and four that they managed to have a a, a good record. So, but uh, hey, as as long as you know we have to find out exactly what's going on with the position for the commissioner, then we can see uh, how everything else is going to play out. Not only for college, the college football, but for the rest of the sports for the Pac-12. So, but hey. We got the draft coming up, and that happens at the last week of April. And so I'm going to throw a curveball at y'all. There are a lot of quarterbacks, trays. I guess this is the NFL quarterback carousel. Oh, if I'm saying that right, carousel, right? Um, But we've been mentioning Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trey Lance, uh, who else? Kyle Trask. We were naming them, but we've uh, uh, Jace. I'm gonna start with you because you love to do mock drafts. With all these changes now, where do you see these quarterbacks going to now? Do we are they potentially now all of them first rounders or very few? I mean, what's going on? What's your opinion on this? Um, with from the way. Things are going right now. They, a lot of them are first-rounders. I, I think, obviously, Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, and Lance right there, they're going to be up there in the upper uh, half of the draft. And then uh, the, that is going to leave Mac Jones. Uh, I think there are a lot of teams that need a QB, so he, he's going to end up being the first round as well. Do I? I think Kyle Trask is going to be the guy that might bounce into the second round. Uh, maybe a team like uh, the Steelers or the Saints who uh, ha- have these old guys as QBs um, and might need something new, uh, might get a Kyle Trask and hold on to him for a little bit. But uh, I-, I-, I think Mac Jones is going to be the cutoff. 
for the first round at least. All right, I see. I see. Sean was yawning and stuff. Uh, I think he was. Boy, he even froze with the yawn. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you got, Sean? What, what, what's what's your prediction? Uh, yeah, I think there's like Jace was saying. I think there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks uh, going into this offseason. So, I definitely think that there there will be five uh, first round quarterbacks. I can see. Obviously, the the three at the top with uh, Lawrence Fields and Wilson. And then I, I think Trey Lance and Mac Jones are both going the first round. Um, I'm sure that Mac Jones might be more of a development piece um, for, you know, a team that uh, like Jason was saying for an older, that has an older QB and to, to bring him in and kind of groom him behind him. But uh, I think it's, it, it's pretty loaded if you look at it for the QB position. Um, obviously the last couple of years, we've, we've seen some drafts with uh, a lot of first rounders, but I, I think this might, you know, uh, I think this might be equal to, you know, what we saw a couple years ago, the the draft with Baker Mayfield and uh, Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold. I think that there's definitely a chance that five QBs go because um, there's definitely going to be a lot of QB movement. And I think that uh, most of these guys are pretty talented. So I, I think that um, I think that there's definitely going to be a lot of QBs drafted in the first round. So, But I, I do agree. I think Kyle Trask might be not even just a second-round pick. I think he might uh, fall even a little bit more like that. I think he might be down with the guys like uh, Ian Book and uh, Sam Ellinger, um, at least from what you know what I've been reading. Uh, I think that – but I think Kyle Trask would be a, a good risk to take, you know, if you want to develop a QB in some of the later rounds. I think that, you know, obviously he proved himself at Florida. He had a, a great year up until the last couple of rough games. He was up there for the Heisman, uh, up there as a Heisman candidate. So I think that there's definitely a lot of QB talent, and uh, I'm sure that we're going to see a lot of them come off the board uh, pretty early, uh, especially in the first day. Definitely going to be interesting, and I don't think that uh, anything's going to seize when it comes to these trades going on. We saw in the quarterbacks – Let's see if there are other positions going to be affected as well with this draft going on. Start, oh, and it will be happening the last week of April. One more question before we move on um, for next week's. Um, it was interesting because, again, we would have been hitting our week three of the XFL in this time frame right now. Mm-hmm. And it's sadly enough that we have to wait for another year for the XFL. And I'm, I'm anticipating for, for, for that arrival. But there is some some rumor out there. Could we see Tim Tebow as a starting quarterback in the XFL? What's your take, Sean? Uh, I I I know that he just retired from baseball. Um, and I don't. I I would lean towards no right now. I think that you know he has the job with ESPN as an analyst uh, for college football. So I I think that he might be just wanting you know to put sports behind him and, and move on to his analyst career. But you never know. Uh, maybe he thinks he's got one last run at it. Um, obviously, we haven't seen him play football in in quite some time. But uh, obviously, you know, for you know, for a college football show like this, he, he had a great college football career. Um, and you know, after that, he he had some moments in the NFL with the you know the Broncos game when he beat the Steelers in the playoffs, and then it kind of dipped off after that. But uh, knowing Tim Tebow, though, he is a competitor, so I I definitely wouldn't put it behind him. I, I think that there there might be a chance and. That definitely be a good, you know, good get for the XFL for you know some exposure in their first season back after the delay. Uh, you know, with the Rock purchase purchasing it, I'm sure that he was going to want some big star names, you know, to to bring the XFL back in the light. So uh, I mean, it it's definitely a possibility. Um, but I, I do think that he's going to put the football career behind him. But uh, what are, what are your thoughts on that, Jace? Oh hell yeah, give me it, give me Tim Tebow. Uh, I mean, he is true. His first true love was football, 
And I mean, it, look at. I mean, I, I'm the host of throwing jabs. So look at fighting. Look at someone like a Daniel Cormier or Paul Felder. They they go, they have their fights, and then a couple weeks later they'll be on the mic commentating the fight. Well, why can't Tim Tebow? There's no real overlap between college football and XFL. So why can't during the days he's he's talking some crap on ESPN? And then he goes onto the field every spring and balls out for hopefully New York Guardians or something. But let, let's go. I'm in. I'm in. Let's get Johnny Manziel. Let's get Andrew Luck. Let's get them all. Let's bring Johnny the, Manziel, bring huh? I mean, yeah, he's playing Johnny Manziel. If that's money, okay, I guess so. But hey, Tim Tebow's 33 years old, and as we all learn. That uh, like Tom Brady, forty three and still kicking it. Maybe Tim Tebow has that itch and, and and come back to the playing field. I mean, look, he'll hold, hold better elevator. Look, I never doubted him as a quarterback, but many people did. You know, he just had a different style of playing that position. So look at the Baltimore Ravens with uh with um Jackson. He's a mobile threat quarterback, right? Yeah. So he could throw and he could run. So, I mean, it worked well with Florida when he was in college, right? Why couldn't it work in another league? So, I'll, 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 I'll be all in for Tim Tebow to be in the XFL. I really do. Uh, but, hey, XFL news will be coming up because things are willing up because we are exactly a little bit less than a year away for the opening of the XFL. And what does that mean? We're going to have probably some coaches – Oh, I know they're looking for a new commissioner in the XFL to to be in the forefront. There's a lot of news that's coming, and, and it's slowly creeping up. So I just can't wait to see uh, and hear all the excitement. Uh, hopefully it'll be someone that we know, uh, like the Guardians. We had the head coach. What was, his, what was his name? What was his name from the Guardians head coach? Former offensive coordinator from the New York Giants. Oh, Kevin Gilbert? Yes. Who uh, led the way along with Tom Coughlin and made Eli Manning the great quarterback that he is? <laughs> you know, uh, but there's so much, so much that's going on. Uh, it's willing up, and I just can't wait. And we're definitely going to be on top of it here on All Four Downs, the original XFL media coverage. That's right, All Four Downs. Uh, but more college football later on. We're probably going to be discussing more likely who. Okay, which teams will be in the top 25? Yes, that is the topic. And I know Jay's probably going to have probably uh, BYU or Utah at number two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he's wearing a shirt. So, Why not? <laughs> but anyways, thank you for watching. On behalf of Sean and Jay's, we'll miss you, Joe. Hope you come back next week. I'm over my knees. Thank you for listening to all four downs.